Hi, and welcome back to Brentwood Stories. For today's episode of our Quarantine Conversation series, me and Peter check in with Dawn Meslemian, another longtime Brentwood resident and library patron. Dawn shares how she has kept busy during the quarantine by attending library programs and staying in touch with her friends and family. Also joining our podcast is another special guest from our listening audience. Enjoy. Dawn, thanks for joining us for our Brentwood Stories podcast. <laughs> Could you just introduce yourself for any of the fine folks that might be uh, listening at home? Let us know a little bit about just how long you've been visiting the Brentwood Library. Um, if you want to tell oh. us about a little bit what you might do for a living, um, that'd be fantastic. Well, I'm retired now. Um, I was a mortgage underwriter. I did. I worked for attorneys and... Um, I moved out to Brentwood from Queens in, oh, geez, it's, it's like 45 years ago, I guess. And um, kids loved it. They went to, you know, through school here, graduated from the high school, both went to college, two daughters. And um, I've, I've been very happy in my home. I'm still in my house. I'm a widow now. I have been a widow for 29 years. So my husband died very young. Um, but, you know, I've kept myself very busy over the years. I, I was, uh, I was in Red Hats. I was busy with book clubs and just saw a lot of friends. I was always out. Not so much anymore. Mm. My life changed considerably. Um, I have emphysema, so I have, I've got to be very careful and I quarantined totally I didn't leave my house for almost four months. My daughter did my food shopping and whatever else I needed. And she would come over once a week, drop everything off and run out the door. And that's the way I got through it. And I tell you very honestly, I was, I was getting towards the edge until the library started all their programs and you saved my life. You literally saved my sanity, really. If it wasn't for the programs at the library, you'd probably be you'd be visiting me in a ward where I'd be in a white jacket. <laughs> oh. Wow. Another life saved. Yeah. Did you frequent the um, programs when we were doing them back in the library? Um, I am I'm now very involved in it. I wasn't so much at, before this. I was always at the library because I love to read. I read a lot. I, I read a couple of books a week at least, um, but I am now doing chair yoga. I was doing that at the library, but I'm doing that online now. I do coffee with the librarian every Thursday, which that has been a wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I love it. And there's several other programs. I am also in the historical society, so I do, you know, attend virtual meetings with them as well. In fact, I just got off one. So I've oh. been on the I've been on my computer all day today. Um, but that's, you know, I, I love the library. I think you really have done a fabulous job helping the community get through this, really. The fact that I can actually walk into the library again is a gift. It really is wonderful. Thank you so much for those very kind words. Well, I think everybody feels that way about the library. We love it. It's an important part of my life, that's for sure. Thank you so much. So in the very first days of the quarantine, when the library suddenly closed, oh. what was that experience like when, when we didn't know when 
we were going to be opening up again and everything closed down. I had two books in my house. And I would read just a little bit each day because I didn't want to finish the books. I, I have to have a book. I go crazy if I don't have a book. And uh, when the, I finally was able to do curbside pickup, I ordered, I think, eight books. I, I went I went every time they said I could come and get a book, I ran and got a book. Oh, wow. So at one time, I think I had seven books in the house. Mm -hmm. but it's it got me through it. It really did. I didn't really like that story of when you just had the two books and you're really uh, parceling them out. That's, uh, I wouldn't read more than a chapter at a time because I didn't want to finish anything. Mm. And then, oh, a friend of mine who also likes to read, we, we, both, we both had books and we met in the library parking lot and exchanged books one day. <laughs> she gave me two of hers, I gave her two of mine. And that helped. That definitely helped. They weren't books I would have chosen for myself, but hey, it was a printed thing on a page and I could read it. So I took it. <laughs> Man does not live by bread alone. Yeah. <laughs> it was important to me to have something to read. I'd rather read a book than watch television. I don't get as much from that. Just mm. books are very important in my life. My father was a reader. My mom read to me when I was a little child. Um, and it's just something that is has always been an important part of my life. Do you find that with the way the quarantine made our life and our experiences seem so small and restricted that the books right. were a chance to feel like your life was bigger again? Yeah, yeah. Like you live in another world and everything? Yes. It was, it was a... It was a strange world in the very beginning when when everything was closing up and it was my world was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and um it was before you had the programs on the on the library website and i felt very isolated i started to get kind of depressed um my friends and i would reach out to each other we did talk a lot during the week but i'll be very honest with you I came really close to losing it one day. I just sat down and I and I cried. I spent the day crying. I just had all of that pent up inside of me had to come out. So, and I talked to quite a few of my friends that, that had the same kind of experience. And when we were able to do things like the coffee with the librarian and interact with other people, it took that pressure off. You got to you got to meet other people. You got to be with other people. You got to have conversations and interests and book clubs. And oh my God, it was wonderful. Really. Do you remember um, when you first heard of that there was going to be a coffee with a librarian? Yes. Yes, I do remember. It was like, yaha. <laughs> did you see it in the uh, newsletter? Or did somebody tell you about it? Um. I'm trying to remember how I found out about it. I think, I think Julia reached out. Oh, that's great. I think that's how I found out that it's been wonderful for so many of us. Yeah. There's so many people that have really enjoyed attending that program. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. It's really, it's great because it's whatever anybody wants to talk about. 
sometimes it's pretty silly and sometimes it's really, really important. Wow. Have you been using Zoom and the other online chat programs in order to reconnect with anyone else in your life since quarantine has begun? Well, I FaceTime with my my granddaughter at college and um, I have a daughter and grandchildren, daughter, son-in-law and grandchildren on, in Sayville. So I do see them. I see them once a week and we're very careful. But in the very beginning, we only FaceTimed and uh, that's how I kept in touch with them. I, I needed to see their faces. It was important. I don't know how we would have all gotten through this if it was in the day without computers and things. It would have been really hard. It really would have. I think you would have had a lot of people having a lot of mental breakdowns, really. Yeah, even and even now people are finding it so tough. When, it first, when you first heard about, um, I remember when we first had, we were cl- heard we were closing for a weekend. It seemed like we were just going to be closed for that weekend to clean. Uh-huh. And I thought we'd be open in a week at least. Yeah. What did it turn out to be much bigger than you imagined when you first heard this closings? Well, I, oddly enough, I, I had a book that came due and I got notified that it was ready for pickup. So it, I was going to go on Friday and I just, I figured, you know what? I'm not doing anything. It's Thursday evening, 7.30. I might as well go now because the library won't be busy. And it was the last night we were open. Yes. I was I was one of the last people in the library. And I, all I could think of after that was, oh, thank God I went that night. Because I got my book. And, and they said, well, we're probably only going to be closed for a long weekend so that we can sanitize. And then we'll open again. Well, as we all know, that took a long time. Mm-hmm. But I was very grateful that I went that night because it was an unexpected, lengthy closing. I don't think that everybody that was there expected it to be like that either. Everybody, yeah. but you know, you'll reopen on Monday. And yeah, I was so surprised. Yeah, yeah. But I was glad I, I decided to go at the last minute. On Somebody told me, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, get up and go. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was an interesting evening. And the next day, oh my goodness, when I found out that you were closed and it was an indefinite closing, that was painful. That was painful. And then of course, all the everybody started calling each other. Is your library open? Is my library open? Are you gonna be like, how do you get books? And then of course, curbside pickup, which was a fabulous idea. That was wonderful. That's something that I feel like some of the things that the libraries and other places did, like the curbside and these online programs, I feel like they're going to be around in some form even after this whole thing. Oh, I hope so. Because it really, it's, it's also very good. Curbside is very good for somebody that's disabled, that yes. can't get into the library that easily. But they do love to read, and they want to. They want to pick up books, and I think that's a wonderful way for them to do it. Definitely. Yeah. 
So in that respect, if it stays, it'll only be a help to people in the community. I know the first time I walked into the library and I saw familiar faces, I almost started to cry. It was so nice. Oh, wow. It really was. To see all the, and then I saw Julia at the back of the library going like this. <laughs> it was just terrific. It really was. It was a good feeling. It's like being home again. It really was. I think we all missed being there and interacting with each other. So Yes. And, you know, I think it's great because everybody is being very careful. I don't think that anybody is, is ignoring the, the importance of the mask and cleaning their hands and just, you know, just being careful. I haven't seen anybody. Only The only place I've had any incident where people didn't do it was at the supermarket. Oh, really? Yes, and I was just telling somebody the other day, um, I was approaching from my car, I was approaching the door of the supermarket with my mask on, and there was a woman coming from another direction without a mask. And previously this had happened to me, and I said, excuse me, you, you haven't got your mask on. And at that time, the lady turned around and said, oh, thank you, I forgot, and went back to her car. This particular day when I said it, this lady... <sighs> Gave me the uh, the international salute, you might say, and just walked into the supermarket. Uh, I don't know if they if they caught her and told her to leave, but I thought, wow. It can really be a roll of the dice how people respond to that. Kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, the only thing I think I really missed more than anything is I have a cousin in New Jersey who is, uh, we're almost like sisters. We've been very close all our lives. And um, we used to make it a point to go back and forth at least once a month. She would come here for a few days or I would go there for a few days. And of course that had to stop. So we, we of course speak very frequently, but we miss each other. And that, that's, that's one of the main things. I think just seeing people close up real that's what I miss. Even though you can't really touch anybody, you can't hug people. At least I won't. I know some people do, but I miss that. I mean, I miss the human interaction. Is visiting your cousin going to be at the top of your list once? Well, I don't know. We'll done? see. We'll see. Now, during your time over at quarantine and you mentioned you had uh, your daughter bringing you a lot of your food. I was wondering, did that affect at all what you were eating on a daily basis? Maybe try experimenting yeah, I, new things. I actually did. Really? She, she would bring me some of the leftovers from her family. Um, I used to go out a lot with my friends. So now I had to cook all the time and I used to love cooking when I had people to cook for, but not so much just for me. And I started buying some ready-made TV dinners. Oh, God, they're really, some of them are okay, but some of them are pretty awful. So I've gone back to doing a lot of cooking, even though sometimes I don't want to, but the alternatives just don't appeal to me. I have ordered, uh, I've ordered from a couple of restaurants where I actually put an order in and drove there and, and picked it up. So I did that a couple of times, but it's okay. 
if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get food, I'd rather make my own. I hear that every once in a while there there's a, a treat from a restaurant that you want. Right, right. And my granddaughter, my granddaughter and I used to go out to lunch well every week or so. And um, she called me one day about maybe six weeks ago, and she said, "Do you want to do lunch?" And I said, "How are we going to do that?" She said, "Well, how about if I come over to your house?" And we decide what we want to eat, and I'll go pick it up and bring it back to your house. And that's what we did. So we're back to having lunch once a week. That's wonderful. And it really, it's very nice. That's really nice. Yeah. We're getting a little bit out of the season, but there still might be opportunities for a picnic here and there if we get some good days in, too. Yeah, we, we did a lot of that in, early in, in the year, in the summertime. They have a nice big backyard and they have three big dogs. And uh, they're my, I always tell people I have three dogs. They just stay at my daughter's house. So when we go over there, they'd have chairs set up in the yard and I would bring my own water and a snack if I wanted one. And we'd sit outside for several hours and the dogs would run around and play and we'd just sit around in a big circle and talk. And it was great. You know, it was it was my first contact. That was my first contact with them. The first way we were we tried doing it because I wouldn't go in their house at that point. I was afraid to, but it was okay to sit out in the yard because my grandson put the chairs. He measured off seven feet. He said, "I'm going to just be a little more careful." So he measured off seven feet. He made a big circle of chairs, and like I said, I brought my own snack and my own water. And I think I spent about four hours out in the yard with them. And it was oh. great. It was great. That was my first contact with anybody. And I loved it. I didn't want to go home. But, you know, you manage. You figure out ways to do things. Yeah. And he's, an, he's a college student. He's, um, he's in his master's year at Stony Brook. And he's also a, a state certified EMT. Oh. So he's he's very careful, and he knows how to be very careful. So we weren't worried as far as that went. Okay, it's good to hear that they're keeping safe. Yeah. My granddaughter had COVID very early on, but the, she had a very mild case where you lose smell and taste. And she got taste back right away. But this is, I think she had it in late March, and she still can't smell everything. That's so strange. Yeah, she got back some of the smell, but not all of it. And she has become gluten intolerant, which she never was before. And they said that's part of COVID. Really? And it might go away, and it might not. There's so many strange aspects to it. There's a lot, a lot of the strange little things that happen to people that I'm finding out in talking to other people. Mm. They're very strange things that happen. Yeah, it's not always universal, but it smell is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, I have heard. It's not everyone, but there are some folks that do have those long-term effects. Yes. We're hoping it'll go away. Yeah. But, you know, we're just... If, if that's the worst that she has to contend with, then we feel fortunate. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Now, 
This is one of the more lofty questions that I tend to ask, but um, I, I still enjoy asking it. For, for anyone, maybe for future generations, who, whomever might be listening, that doesn't know the experience that we're going through, is there any sort of knowledge that you would want to impart to them, any sort of lesson that you think that they should know about the time that we spent over here in quarantine? I think um, you have to find something that you really enjoy and make a point of having a part of that be part of your every day keep your spirits up and keep in contact with people. Don't isolate yourself. You know, whether you write letters or make phone calls or do Zoom things or whatever it is, don't isolate yourself. To me, that's the most important thing. Yeah. That's how a lot of us got through this. Yes. You know, we were all isolated, but we were together. Together alone. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so this might be a wonderful opportunity to maybe open up to the floor a little bit over here. I'll go ahead and if you had any questions or if you, anything you wanted to add, you're welcome to join in. Thanks so so much for joining us. I was so amused you telling, um, you were telling stories about, um, visiting with your family and, uh, and being outside. And that's exactly, it's been my experience with my children. And oh my gosh, the first time we all got together, it was wonderful. Yes. <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, I have two little granddaughters who are three years old. Oh. And they're hysterical. They're twins. So they're like little, oh my gosh, they feed off each other. Mm-hmm. And and they're and as, as small as I am, they're even smaller. So when, when I walk into the room, they hug my knees and oh <laughs> my god, I love these little girls. <laughs> oh. You know, it was just so good. Um, when was that? I think that was sometime in July after you know lockdown started in the end of April. So it was in July, and then since then, we've had three more outdoor meetings, and the last one being this past Saturday. This is this past Saturday, we all got together, and we sat out in the backyard, and we had the big, the sweater blankets. I don't know. I guess they advertise them, and and they're huge, and it looked like a Teletubby. So there was like four of us walking around the yard with these huge jackets on. And you know, they just, it's, it's, and you're so right. You can't isolate yourself. You have to really reach out because sometimes people don't know that you're lonely or they don't know where you are. Right. Yes. They had, they had on the, on the library site, different um, things that you could enroll in, you know, and I enrolled in this something university where you can take courses. Oh, at all different types of courses. They, it, it could be decorating. It could be math. It could be everything. It's just the whole list of them. And I, I um, enrolled in a crocheting course. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really good. And the videos that they had on there, because, you know, it's really visual when you crochet. 
And um, and then I, you know, I did the whole course and I got a certificate. And oh, I, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, like, the more you dig into the library programs, the more there are, most especially with that university program, that it's amazing all this. I did the, oh, I did the uh, crocheting, and I started to do the interior decorating, but, you know, I have a very short attention span, so I <laughs> started it, never finished it, but I did finish the crocheting, because... What I, did I, you make? What did you make? I made, um, it was a swatch. Okay. And different stitches going all the way down. Good. Yeah. I started to do that with knitting. But um, knitting, um, I, I need a lot of hand holding. So I don't like, I need someone to be there to point or to fix my mistakes. And if I can't, I don't know enough about knitting. I know more about crochet since I uh, I I started it. I did a whole started the swatch, but uh, once again, I lost yeah. interest. My grandmother taught us all that when we were back. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, my mother. Yeah, my mother taught us crocheting, and then. Um, then I didn't do it for a very long time, and then I started it again. And then my one of my daughters picked up crochet. Good. And you know, they're enjoying it. But it, going back to the programs at the library, they have been, I'm sure, lifesavers for many people. And I, and I tell people, did you know, have you tried the library? They have a lot of programs. All you have to do is go on, pick something. You don't even have to... Show up, you know, you right. can, can observe a, se a seminar uh, um, anonymously. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't even need to be a part of the library to join. So exactly. you have friends. Exactly. So many people have done the, the, the seminars and they're from all over the, Long Island. Right. That is good, too. That's really good. Yeah. That was the... Uh, universal class program you were talking about before where you get to learn the, all the different lessons in different subject yes. areas. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, that's great. When you did the um, the crochet course, did you have an instructor for that as well for the crochet course? Yes, they were all videos for different stitches. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so if you didn't understand it the first time, you just rewound, go back, listen to it again. But I believe that they also have an actual instructor for some of those courses. Mm -hmm. they, oh, are. They, you could question. You could send them questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's someone you can actually get feedback from, submit assignments to. You can get feedback from. And it, it's it's all free. All you just need is that one. You need to be a part of the library for. But um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think that is when I first when I saw that that was. Whoa, I didn't know this. It was like quite a find. And you can go online and find a very simple pattern mm -hmm. and make something yourself and it'll be very self-satisfying. I I've been crocheting for many years and knitting and, and all that stuff, but um it's it's a very satisfying thing and we taught my mom. My mother never did that sort of thing. And when she got older and she wasn't able to do a lot of running around anymore, 
I said, Mom, sit down and crochet. Well, she opened up a world, I'll tell you. We couldn't keep her in yarn enough. We have, all of us in the family, must have at least two or three Afghans apiece from my mother. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I keep looking for, oh, I made hats. Okay. I have made, I have made so many hats and given them away. <laughs> I, and it's so satisfying because I my sister has uh, like five or six or seven grandkids. Wow. So do when this pandemic started, she was making cloth masks for everybody. And uh, so I wanted to do something for her. So I started to make hats for her grandkids. And uh, about about three weeks ago, I, I had I filled the box up with hats. There must have been 12 hats and they all like smaller sizes, larger sizes, because they're all, the kids are all different ages. And so I sent them to her. And then she sent me, she was sending me pictures of each one of the kids that one of the hats on. It was so cute. I was really, I, it was sweet. It was very sweet. It was That's nice. Yeah. That's great. That's a great way to interact. It's really nice. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, that's how we've kept in touch with the family. My, one of my nieces, I have a very big family. Um, one of my nieces is a fitness instructor. So yep. she does Zoom classes. Oh, wow. Uh, every, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturdays. And she, she does them for us. They're open to all the family members. And all you have to do is get the Zoom address. And <clears throat> on, on those mornings, she'll have a class. And then she records it. And if, so if you miss it, you can go back, back and, oh, that's terrific. and watch it. And I get to see all my family members, my nieces, my sisters. Yeah. That it, it would, you know, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, that would have never happened because it would have they had there would have not been a necessity for it. Yeah. She wasn't working, and you know none of I couldn't go to the gym, so right that was good. Yeah, no, oh, that's great. That's that's kind of like me being in the, involved with the chair yoga. It's really it's, yes, it's really yes. good, and I can do that right here, sitting in front of my computer. Yeah, and and the good thing is that it's live, so you yes. feel like contacting. You're in touch with somebody live in the moment. Yes, yes, yeah. No, it's it's wonderful, and our and I'm planning. We're all planning. We've done a lot of talking about Thanksgiving, mm. and I have two daughters, one out in Sayville and one in the city, and they both have two children. So we, we wanted to all be together, but it was a lot of, you know, being very careful. Everybody's been well. Nobody's been sick. Um, my one son-in-law in the city works um, in television, and he has to take a COVID test once a week in order to be on the set for, for the program that he's working on. And um, so we know he's okay. My one granddaughter is upstate in Albany at college mm. in her first year, but she has arranged to take a COVID test on the 20th before she comes home. So we know she'll be all right. 
my daughter has been working from home for months. Yeah. So she's okay. And her 15-year-old son has been doing virtual studying from home. So they're coming out here for Thanksgiving. And we just, we can't wait. We can't wait to see each other. But we've all made the promise that nobody's going to, nobody's going to kiss anybody. Nobody's going to hug anybody. Yeah. You wear your mask. Wear your mask. Well, that'll probably last for 10 minutes. That'll be the initial 10 minutes and then those masks will go away, I'm sure. (laughs) But everybody is, you know, everybody's been very careful. And my, my one grandson who's the EMT. He said, I just want you all to know that I am going to be the word of the law that day. And if I say you have to do something, you all better do it. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're all looking forward to that. It'll be the first time that we're all together since I think February. Wow. Yeah. Time. It's a long haul. I'm waiting for the vaccine to. I know. I know, just distribute it and have you know these numbers change. It's yeah. just that all these people are dying. You know that's unacceptable. But I know. that's of a pandemic. That's why it's- I had to go into the hospital about. Um, I guess it probably is about three weeks ago now. I hmm. I started to feel short of breath and and I, my chest didn't feel right and. I ended up having cardiac catheterization. I had two steps put in. Ah. And I was so afraid. Of course. But my daughter took me to Southside Hospital. They they told me go in through the emergency room. And it was I mean, it was it was phenomenal the way they they're so careful and the emergency room is not like it used to be with with curtains. It's individual rooms now. Um, yeah. It's individual rooms with with a glass wall and a, and a door that closes and locks. And yeah. I was in there for several hours. They gave me a quick COVID test. And then as soon as they were ready for me up in the cath lab, that's when my daughter had to leave. Yeah. And they took me upstairs. That was um that was a Tuesday. And I was I went home Wednesday morning. Um, Conversation <laughs> done Tuesday late in the day, and I went home the next day. Wow! And it, was, it was incredible. It was really the the safety, the things that they did, how how careful everybody was, how how yes. wonderfully pleasant everybody was. Yes, it yes. was it was incredible. It really was. Yeah, the Southside Hospital is is very good hospital. Yeah, it is a really good hospital. Yeah. Yes. My daughter, when she had the twins, she had, there's like a whole maternity section on the side of a building, uh, you know, a portion on the right side of the building. It's all right. for babies. All for babies. That's, that's all they do on that side. Wow. You know, it, it is, it is really a good hospital. Yeah. No, it was, it was quite an experience. I was, I was pretty scared. My daughter was petrified. Yeah. But yeah. I said, you know what? If I don't do this, I'll die. Yeah. So it's not like I really have a big choice here. Yeah, yeah. So I said, you know, you just go in with the best 
of, of your hopes and prayers and I came out. It was it was wonderful experience really when you consider yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing now that they do those procedures from you know like one day to the next, you're gone. I know. I'm home. And when you think that they were hurting inside my heart on Tuesday afternoon, I know. and I went home Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, amazing. You got to be very grateful that yes. you know, technology has evolved to this point. Yes, and it has. Evolving, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. 50 years ago, I would have died probably. You know, it would have probably had a, a massive coronary at some point. Sometimes, yeah, they, they, they wouldn't even be able to detect all of these things. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, therein lies the difference. Yeah. And the staff in that hospital, I, I, I mean, I can't even tell you. They, one was more pleasant and helpful than, than the other. I said, here I am lying in this bed. I, I'm, I can't move. I can't get up. I'm not allowed to. And everybody that went by, are you okay? Do you need anything? Can I get you anything? Do you need some water? They, everybody, from the people that were mopping the floor to my nurses, they yeah. were just incredible. Everybody had a smile on their face. That's wonderful. It was, it was quite an experience. It really was. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to give Isabella byline on this podcast episode, I think. <laughs> I, I, so th this is always weird for me like i should i call it like you know for the person of the podcast i call you isabel or mom like this is my mom by the way oh so, really yeah <laughs> where do you get those beautiful curls <laughs> my hair would be curly too but i but i blow it out and it, oh. it's not really is his he's got hair like my grandson my one of my grandsons got curls are in the a family. mass of curls <laughs> He got everybody's curls. <laughs> I, I probably should ask. Do, do you do you mind being part of uh, our little podcast episode today, Mom? Not at all. Wonderful. Are you asking your mom? Oh well, I know that you're already good. You already you're, oh, you're already okay. committed. <laughs> <laughs> this was really nice. It was yes. nice talking with all of you. It's been such a wonderful time. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Um, have a lovely night. Thank you. Good Bye. night. Oh, I'm doing it with so much fun. It was good seeing you again. You, you take care. Too. I'll see you again soon, I hope. At the time of this recording's release, the library has had to once again reduce access to the public out of an abundance of caution. Please keep in touch with us online to receive the latest updates on our available services. Thanks again to Dawn and Isabel for joining us in today's podcast. And thank you as always for the Bromwich Historical Society for making today's podcast possible. Today's music is brought to you once again by Dr. Turtle. You can enjoy this and other tracks at freemusicarchive.org.